the Bear Down Report podcast featuring Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and your host, Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle. I am joined not by Jack Wright. Jack Wright had to drop out. His daughter had a thing. I won't say what the thing was, but just everybody's okay. Everybody's safe. Everybody's fine. Uh, but uh, but he had to take care of that last minute. But it's okay. We've got Patrick Sheldon. You can read him on The Windy City, or you can find him on Twitter at P underscore Shells. Brendan Chagru. Okay, Brendan, is the Midway Minute, is it still temporarily a thing? Because I know that it's about to shift. You know, it's kind of on a... Uh a long extended hiatus, I guess. So sort of it's, it's dormant right now. Okay. So for right now, our listeners can read you on the bears wire, or they can find you on Twitter at Brennan Shagru. That's S U G R U E. And this one is super, super exciting folks. We had a contest and the contest was won in a very close battle. We got to say that too, uh, by Scott Swartz, good friend of the pod. And this is, I just, I, this couldn't have worked out any better because we were stoked to talk to you, Scott. So you can find Scott on Twitter at Scott underscore the Swartz. Scott, how are you, man? Welcome to the show. I, I really appreciate it, guys. I, I've been looking forward to this all week. I had a really long week, and uh, I knew that this was kind of coming at the end of it. So this is the thing that I've been looking forward to the most. So I can't thank you guys enough for having me on. I'm super excited to be here with you. Your story was incredible. It just you are you are a very good storyteller, and you beat up some stiff competition. So just as a Indeed. quick shout out, we we got to say to the Mullet King to Andrew Davies and that Montreal girl, the, the two of you were in a battle for, for the entire week. And so that Montreal girl, the mullet King and Andrew Davies, huge shout outs to you guys. Uh, but uh, so, so yeah, that you gotta just, man, what a story. Did, did you guys get to see a win when you finally made it to the game? Scott? <laughs> Unfortunately we did not. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers handled the bears uh, very, very easily that day. Unfortunately I had, like I said, in the story, I kind of built this all up for, my then fiance, my current wife. And, you know, when we left the game after it was so disappointing, I'm sure she kind of looked at me and thought, I came all the way for this. Uh, but you know, she's, I'm, I'm sure, she, you know, she's seen me watching bear games and over the years and has wondered that exact same thing in the several years since. So. So guys, there's been a lot of uh, movement on the Chicago Bears coaching front. A lot of hires these days, and I feel like the Chicago real estate market is going to get an influx of buyers. So if you're listening out there, uh, new Chicago coaches, and you're looking for a house, need you to reach out to our guy, Jeff Cadwalder. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home this year, visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more about how Jeff Cadwalder with App Properties can help you. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. Visit GenevaJeff.com today or call or text Jeff directly at 630-254-4734. You know, Shells, you're absolutely right. I mean, so many coaches, there's going to be a lot of new things that these guys are going to have to experience in the Chicagoland and property's one of them, but probably the second most important thing after that is where they're going to get their haircut. And for that, 
they need to go to our guy, Will, at Sheridan's Barbershop. Sheridan's Barbershop is located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. It's not too far from Lake Forest, mind you, and has been serving the community for 68 years now with five barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, and they have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 and book your appointment today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. Brendan, I thought you were like the biggest of the big deal. You've got all these interviews with, you know, former Bears players. And then Patrick Sheldon rolls in is like, hey, I'm going to be on Adam Rank's podcast. We're not bringing Adam Rank onto our podcast yet. No, 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 no. Patrick Sheldon is on Adam Rank's podcast. Dude, what was that experience like, man? I hate you just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Any visions I had of being like really cool on the podcast went away when I realized I wasn't even looking in the right direction for the first half of it and then uh, got my bearings and and figure out where to look in the camera. So um, it was awesome. I mean, not to be a huge fanboy, but I'm obviously a huge fan of Adam's stuff. And uh, to be invited on the podcast was uh, was an honor and a dream come true. We had a blast. It was a lot of fun. And uh, uh, we got a lot in common in terms of our Bears perspective, it seems. Yeah, I, I was really, I really was impressed by everything you said. Just, I mean, not only your thoughts, but just how you, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? I don't, it's, it's ironic because I can't even get my words out, but the way that you were able to, you know, speak so eloquently with Adam, but my favorite moment was right off the bat with, you know, we all know Adam Rink is just like, he's got so much energy. He's got a booming voice. And as soon as he introduces Patrick, Patrick, Patrick's like, Hey guys, ready to be here. Like trying to match that energy. And it made me laugh. Had like, to come out of the gate strong. Yeah, I know. And you did. That's dude. It was awesome, man. So like props to you it, that that was such a cool thing you got to do. It sounded like you were like crazy, well-prepared, like you talk on a podcast, like you were experienced, like you knew what you were doing, like, man, like major prop shell. Seriously. I, I, well, was, I appreciate I was that guys. I, I really do. It's weird. I've been refreshing the email. I, I have not gotten the contract offer yet. So, uh, I don't know what's going on. I got to make sure Adam's got my email address correctly, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, how, it was... how long until you leave us? Like never for, for ranks. Never, yeah. never. Can I get that in writing? All right. So boys, I want to hear from all of you on this one, but I would like to start with, with Papa Sheldon first. I think it's interesting that you talked about that you and Adam see things very similarly. I, I, I was listening and going, oh yeah, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Um, you know, Sheldon, I think you and I, we, 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 you maybe heard it on the JJ Stankovitz last podcast. You know, we go back and forth on a lot of stuff and there's an immense amount of respect. And I like that we disagree sometimes. If we always agreed, this would be a really boring podcast. It seems to me that there's a battle going back and forth polarization in terms of negativity and optimism in terms of Bears fans uh, that, that, Bears fans that are really negative about all these hires and the decisions that are going forth are screaming at the people for being too optimistic and the people that are, you know, really optimistic are saying, how dare you be negative about this stuff? I kind of want to get your take, boys. How do you feel about what's what's going on with this? Let's go. Sheldon, Scott, Brendan, and I will finish it up. I get it. Um, and I'm not saying that people need to be overly optimistic. It's OK to be cautiously optimistic. It's OK to be a little bit guarded. But I think some of the stuff we've been hearing from the media since the announcement of polls and Eberflus and some of the coaches has been borderline irresponsible. Um, you know, just give these guys a chance and, and see what they can do. I mean, 
you know, the day after I was, I was saying um, on, on Adam's podcast, the day after the announcements, I was like fiending for some good content for, for somebody to break down some X's and O's for me to give me like the behind the scenes scoop on Eberflus. Um, and instead I turn on the radio and, and they're clowning Ryan Poles for crying at the press conference for showing emotion and being a human being. They're clowning Eberflus because he uses uh, one acronym to like boil down his, his philosophy, his coaching philosophy. And, uh, you know, now we hear how Darius Leonard said, you know, you know, that hits acronym made me who I am. Um, and I just think it's I think it's unfair. I think we saw what happened with Mitch Trubisky when he was drafted. Uh, he got booed right away at, at the United Center. And, um, you know, I think the media doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, all sunshine and rainbows, but. Um, I think they at least have to be objective enough to allow fans to make their own decision. And a lot of fans take their cues from the local media, from, from 670, from ESPN 1000 and, and from the local guys. And they have a tremendous amount of influence on the narrative. And if they come out of the gate, this negative clowning on the head coach, clowning on the GM, I think it's going to set a bad tone for the fans. And so all I'm asking is, do your own research, draw your own conclusions and go into this with an open mind uh, and be objective and give these, these guys a chance. Hold on. Do your own research when it comes to the coaching candidates yes. and the people who are coming in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, that going to be another phrase that's totally ruined because of, uh, you know, some boneheads. Oh yeah. Are you about to be on somebody else's podcast? Uh, you know, just <laughs> from uh, one bald man to another, from geez, one bald man's I'll podcast to another bald man's podcast. How, eh? Okay. We, we like Scott getting here. I want to hear Scott on this one. I think in general, I have a similar take to Patrick. I I've been really confused by a lot of the negativity towards polls and Eberflus as well. Um, I'll readily admit that, uh, First of all, I didn't know a ton about the GM candidates. And so with polls, I generally said, you know, we'll let this guy go. I actually was really um, moved when he kind of cried and showed the emotion at the press conference. I, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I want a dude who wants to be here. I want a dude who the Bears mean something to. And when he shows that that tells me that he's invested. And I, I'm not saying that other GMs haven't, but that's a sign that this guy is invested. He wants to be here. And if he wants to be here, I'm going to trust that he's going to do his darndest to make sure that this franchise is as good as it can be. When it came to Eberflus, he was not my uh, first choice. You know, I was a, I was a Brian Dable guy. Um, I would have probably rather have seen Flores uh, as well. Um, but when it came out that the final three guys were Caldwell and Quinn and Eberflus, I kind of thought, well, I guess, you know, it, uh, given those three, I think I'd rather roll with Eberflus. I'd have been fine with Caldwell. I wasn't really interested in Quinn, but um, Eberflus just having a little more youth, kind of a, a, a more an unknown was appealing to me. Um, and, and you know, I, I get that people kind of, to use Patrick's word, clown Eberflus for the HITS acronym thing. I think a lot of that is some, some leftover, like, trauma chaff that we had, have from Tim Beckman when he tried to whatever that was Oski and got all messed up trying to say what Oski meant years ago. But like, if you've ever been around a football coach, this is what football coaches sound like. They use that kind of stuff. They kind of eat it up and it didn't bother me at all. And the other thing I thought about it was, you know, we just got done with a head coach who we all complained about the fact that he just got up on the podium and emitted this unbelievable amount of word salad. And he never said anything. And I thought, 
well, at least this guy has something to say. At least he's got something that makes some sense. And then, like Patrick said, you hear some of the former players talk about what it meant to them. I'm willing to buy in. At the end of the day, if Eberflus and his staff can develop Justin Fields into what we hope Justin Fields can be, none of it will matter. Wins are the only thing that's going to matter. If he wins in Chicago, nobody's going to remember hits three years from now, even a year from now. Um, and so it's all about fields. I like the offensive staff that he's put together so far. So I, I, I'm in. I, I'm with Sheldon. I don't, I don't really understand the negativity about it. Give him, some cho- give him a chance. I like the staff. I kind of like what's going on. Let's roll with it and, uh, and be supportive. And hopefully, you know, he'll, he'll pay off that optimism for us. I think in my case, I'm, I just don't take that. I'm not taking much from these press conferences. I just can't because I I'm very guarded. And I know we talked about it earlier after Matt Nagy came in 2018. I ate that press conference stuff, guys. I loved his accountability. I loved how he set forth a vision. I fell hook, line and sinker right then and there. I think I have a tweet out there somewhere that says, I love Matt Nagy like from the first press conference and we all know how that ended up. So from then on, I pretty much told myself I can't get too high or low on these guys from, from a press conference until I actually see results in games and actually start seeing practices and, you know, ramping that up as the season begins. I will say though, I definitely agree with you guys, shells and Scott by saying, I really enjoyed polls, letting some emotion out. I'm an emotional guy. And I think we all saw the gravity of the moment hitting him right there where he's like, Oh my God, I'm the general, you know, I'm the first, I'm the general manager of the Chicago bears. And he's the first African-American general manager of the Chicago bears. I think that's incredible and hats off to him. I mean, God, I would be an emotional wreck if I was in a position like that in a good way. But in terms of just like the media backlash, it's, it's so just, it's so it's low hanging fruit guys. You know, they, they can talk about what they want to do with Justin Fields and do all this. But the minute that some cliche thing comes across, we have to hammer it. And at, I'll give I'll give Matt Eberflus credit for the hits acronym because he's carried that. That is like a consistent thing. He's not trying to reinvent something or do something different every single week. And we saw that from guys like Joe Madden in baseball. I mean, that's something he did. But the fact that he's able to be consistent and you hear guys actually say, yeah, I bought in. Like, this is the reason why we've been so successful. But you see the Florios and the Bernsteins just say like, oh, they're not they're not wearing a tie. They're not dressed like this. They're too far apart. They're not close together. Like, this is an arranged marriage. Like, come on. I'm listening to the players that because that's really where you're going to get the most information. And you're going to hear it good and bad. I remember going back even further with Mark Trestman. A lot of guys came out against Mark Trestman basically saying that, this wasn't going to work. It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. And usually you're going to hear that when a new coach comes in, but just hearing from the former Colts players, former Cowboys players, I mean, I'm excited, but I'm also guarded. And I just, I can't take what they say in press conferences that seriously. First thing that I'll say, sorry, Sheldon, I got to cut you off just really quick. I'll, I'll, I'll hear you in a second is the polls thing. Anybody that makes fun of a man for showing emotion when he gets his dream job, just sit down and shut up. Like, I'm sorry, that's the strongest stance you will ever hear me take on a podcast at any point. Dude is just landed his dream job with the first team that gave him an opportunity in the professional level. And he showed emotion just and it's just we're we're in it's 2022. 
get past it, boys. Like, that's it. Sorry, Sheldon. I got a little, a little heated there. No, 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 totally. I, I get it. Um, no, I was going to say Brendan's point is spot on. You know, you've got all these guys that are getting on sports talk radio purporting to speak on behalf of the players. And uh, instead of giving the mic to the players and, and <laughs> the players are saying the exact opposite. So, you know, you got these guys who have never been in the locker room or played it down a football saying, this is how the players are going to respond to this hokiness. And you got players saying, no, 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 we bought in hook, line and sinker. This is, this is a philosophy that made me the all pro that I am. So um, I think they just need to give it a rest and, and give these guys a chance. I'll just say this. My negativity is not coming from the press conference at all. I, I, I agree. I think all of you guys have basically said it. It's, it's just what he's saying. It has nothing to do with what he's doing. I just, I think they hired the wrong guy again. I, Brian Dable hired Kafka as his offensive coordinator, a guy that we're kind of looking around going incredibly well-respected. Um, Brian Dable is the guy that I wanted, guy that has developed a quarterback. Eberflus hasn't. He's a defensive guy, which... It's Chicago. I get it, but we've had a pretty good defense. You know, I want someone that's going to fix the offense. And while Luke Getze might be, might be a really good hire at offensive coordinator. What if he could, if he does a good job, he's gone after one year, as opposed to having a head coach that has some kind of offensive experience. I, I, I don't understand it. And, and here's where my negativity is coming from. It's not the press conference. It's not what any of these guys said. I want to like them. I want to like Matt Eberflus. But the Chicago Bears have continually hired the wrong person over and over and over again. Even when they got it right with Lovey Smith, they couldn't get the right offensive coordinator to fix it. So as wonderful as Lovey Smith was, the, the offensive coordinator was never here to, to make it happen. So, you know, I, I said it before, and I'll, I'll say this, is guys that interview strong doesn't necessarily equate to success. And I, I get the sense that, that Eberflus, while not as word salady as Matt Nagy, I don't know, man. I just, I'm not thrilled about this hire. I, I'm not. And, you know, I'm, I'm also not going to be like, this guy's a bum and I'm going to scream at, into the ether until he's fired. But I just, I'm not excited. I'm just not. I'm sorry. There's a huge difference, though, I think, between being an offensive coordinator and a head coach. And, and I agree. Dable did a great job with Allen. Um, but remember when Nagy came over, there was a lot of talk about how, you know, what hand he had in, in helping develop Patrick Mahomes. But the moment was too big for him as a head coach. He couldn't handle all the responsibilities on his plate. And, you know, we, we talk about, oh, we want Dable, we want Dable, we want that guy to develop uh, Justin Fields. But he was an offensive coordinator when he developed Justin Fields. So I, I really think the offensive coordinator position is the most critical for the Bears. And I don't know if Luke Getzey is the guy. Um, there have been a lot of great things that have been said about him. But I think that's the really important hire. If Iberflus can just manage the team and let the offensive – coordinator do his thing and he he's competent and can do his thing i think they'll be all right all right so i have a quick question we scott said that dable was his guy dangle dable was your guy and i think dable was my guy for you know all the time leading up to the uh the hiring at viva flus as well shells you were on that train for a long time what happened <laughs> i mean are you just sort of like accepting reality or did you like did you hop off at some point you know and sort of I don't know. Did something happen? No, no, no. And, and I liked Dable uh, for a while, but I mean, you remember I, I drafted Eberflus in my draft. I, I liked him for a while as well. He was one of my top candidates going back to last October. Um, I was tweeting out, you know, I think Eberflus, Eberflus is a, is, should be one of the top candidates. I've liked 
I've liked both of them for a while. I also really like Byron Leftwich as a candidate. Um, so I would have been happy with with any of those three. I just don't want to get so like apoplectic about missing out on any of these guys um, when, you know, I, I think any one of them could have done a good job. But, you know, I, I don't want to just say, well, he was great as an offensive coordinator in developing Josh Allen. So that's going to make him a good head coach because they really are such tremendously different um, roles and responsibilities like that. It's a completely different job, and that's all we've heard from um, you know some of the personnel guys that have that have come on the radio and and said it really is completely different when you're you're focusing on X's and O's and, and developing a scheme and a game plan, and then you're running an entire team from soup to nuts. Everything you know, <laughs> you're, you're responsible for everything week to week. Um, it's a completely different thing. And how much uh, how much would he have? How much of a hand would he have in developing Justin Fields if he's occupied doing all of the other things that a head coach has to do? It still would have come down in my mind to who he hired as as his offensive coordinator to work with Justin Fields. So, I, I just want a guy that has a, a plan for his quarterback, and you know, to hire somebody else and hand it off. I get it. I, I do understand that, right? Luke Getzey may be a fantastic offensive coordinator. I, I'm not knocking that at any way, but I just why are we hiring a defensive guy when, when we all know it's Justin Fields, right? Like it's all about his development. Let's do this boys. Let's go through the entire list of hires that we have thus far. And just give me your overall thoughts. Just, you know, a guy that stands out to you, maybe a scheme that you're interested in anything that you, any tidbits from that. So we've got at the GM position, that's Ryan Poles coming from Kansas city chiefs. Uh, and this is a first, the assistant GM Ian Cunningham coming from the Eagles head coach, Matt Eberflus coming from Indianapolis. Offensive coordinator Luke Getze coming from the Green Bay Packers. It does feel nice to steal something from the Green Bay Packers. Defensive coordinator Allen Williams also coming from Indianapolis. Uh, this is one that I am pretty excited about, but that 3-4-4-3 switch, that's going to be a little interesting, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, special teams Richard Hightower coming from San Francisco. Didn't look so great in the regular season, but crushed it in the postseason. Offensive line Chris Morgan coming from the Steelers. Uh, quarterback coach Andrew I'm going to butcher this Jan Oko from the Vikings. Uh, we've got the wide receiver slash passing game coordinator, which is Tyke Tolbert from the New York giants linebacker coach, Dave Borgonzi from Indianapolis. And the DB's coach is James Rowe and David Overstreet. And then just today, uh, the bears hired as their tight end, Jim Dre. Jim was actually drafted by the Browns and was a quality coordinator, uh, quality you guys know what I'm trying to say. Coach from Arizona working with tight ends. So uh, I'll be interested to see that one. So for just overall thoughts, let's go Scott, Brendan, Patrick, and I will finish it up. I'll be honest that I don't have a great read on a bunch of them just because I don't follow those teams all that closely. The one I think that I'm the most interested in for potentially what it means for the Bears organization is Ian Cunningham as an assistant GM, a position that they've never had before. Um, it is it, it is not the big structural change that I would have liked to see. I would have much rather seen them install a president of football operations and then a GM and, and have that kind of a structure. But I like that Ryan Poles came in and almost immediately decided that the front office wasn't big enough. And he went with it. You know, he chose a guy that obviously he's got some history with um, from a, a relatively successful franchise in Philadelphia. But to me, that little organizational change I think is important. I think it, it says that polls is, is, you know, 
going to do this job the way that he wants to do it, the way that he thinks is best. And, you know, like I said, all those other coaches, I'm, I, I have, you know, different thoughts about them. I agree with you, Dangle. The, the idea of taking somebody from the Packers who worked with a Hall of Fame quarterback is really interesting to me. But the fact that you have your GM saying, we, we need more front office guys. I kind of equate it to what Theo Epstein did with the Cubs when he came over to the Cubs. And he looked at that organization and said, we don't have anywhere near enough guys here. And he just expanded the number of guys in that front office um, before he really started looking at players. And so to me, that one, I think, because of what it might mean for the way the Bears operate is the one I'm the most excited about. I loved hearing you say that, Scott, because I was thinking the same thing when they added Ian Cunningham as the assistant GM, because now you got two guys at the top and it may not seem like this overarching, like, you know, tearing the structure down and building it up. But the fact that they added a second football guy, like George likes to say, and make it clear what the succession is and who leads into who. I think that's really, really important. So I that's that was one that stood out to me. My biggest one is just the amount of assistant coaches that followed Matt Eberflus over from the Colts to the Bears. So I know Ryan named him off. There's four guys that came over, including Alan Williams, who's going to be the defensive coordinator. Guess how many coaches followed Matt Nagy over from Kansas City? Zero. Is that zero? Big fat zero? It is zero. I, I told, okay, Brendan, I, I, I want to steal your thunder, but I, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I didn't like the Matt Nagy hire. And I remember saying that and people are like, you're being too negative. I'm not saying that this is this, but just now I'm going to shut up, Brendan. No, I get it. But I think that's very telling because you clearly have guys, not only players, but the coaches that bought into Matt Eberflus's system and they're following him over. They're completely turning over the defense now. And I know there's some Colts fans that are probably like, yeah, maybe that's a good thing. But the fact that you have guys that have clearly and clearly bought in and shown that by leaving, I think should resonate with Bears fans. And I think it's a good sign moving forward. Yeah, I, I've got two that um, stand out to me, and uh, it's Luke Etsy, and I'm not even going to pretend to know how to pronounce his last name. Is it Janoko? Janico? I feel like you ever see the Howard Stern Private Parts movie when he's like, <laughs> Monaco? Monaco? Well, anyway, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I have Bre- no idea how to say. Brendan's <laughs> always our guy that always has that, so I'm like, I'm like, oh, Brendan's going to – but if he's on mute, then we're all screwed. It's just yeah. – there's no way. I, so I'm so just I have letting no everybody else get in their things, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I apologize to Andrew uh, for butchering his last name, but the new QB coach and Getsy, the offensive coordinator, I think those are the two that I'm really excited about Getsy because it sounds like uh, based on the reports coming out, Aaron Rodgers was like hot to trot on getting him to stay in green Bay. Really, really liked him. And uh, you got the quote from Corey Lindsay, Lindsley. Uh, who said he'd bet the house on on Getsy to develop Justin Fields. Um, that's high praise for this guy. I, I like the scheme that he's uh, anticipated to be running, you know, kind of more of a Shanahan type scheme. I think Justin Fields is going to ball out and with more play action. Um, so I'm really excited to see uh, them come in with a plan that suits Justin Fields' talents. And then the quarterback coach I like because he's a bit of a young up-and-comer as well. And I know a lot of folks are are down on the defensive coach um, because they're worried that, well, you know, if if Getsy does really well, then he's just going to pop smoke and go someplace else and and take a head coaching job somewhere else. 
Well, that's why you build your bench, bench strength, whether you're, you know, in the NFL or you're in you know, corporate America or wherever you're always developing your, your people and your talent. Um, if you've got a competent head coach leading the team and the coaches are developing each other and developing players, you, you don't have to worry about that stuff. And I think they got a candidate in, in, QB coach Andrew, I'm going to call him until I realize how to spell his, or how to pronounce his last name. Janaco, maybe Janaco. I think I, I, as I read it again, I think I think it's Janaco. I Gennaco. think so. Okay, all right, that's where we're going with um, and, uh, Andrew Janaco. I think could be a candidate to step in that role as offensive coordinator if and when Getsy leaves. And and honestly, let's hope we're having that conversation in a year or two uh gets he possibly leaving to take a head coaching job because boy that means that justin fields has really taken off that was going to be my point sheldon is like the people who are worried about getsy and i know dango you're a little worried about that too about getsy leaving to me that's a really good thing can you imagine a bears offensive coordinator getting hired to be a head coach that would be unprecedented in the history of the chicago bears and if that's the case i'll gladly roll with it because it means that justin fields had a really good year the bears had a really good offense and i'm with you i, I really like the new qb coach as a guy that could step right in if he's learned the system after a year that to me is a really really good problem to have you know you we talk about coaching trees all the time i would love for the bears to have a coaching tree occasionally Maybe that would be. Maybe this is the start of something. We, we haven't had that really ever. And if uh, if it started with an offensive coach, um, I don't know what I would do with myself. They, they did have it one time. Uh, he ended up being a head coach in Miami and for the New York Jets. He likes to look I mean, around a, with I mean, crazy a good, eyes. A good tree. A good coach. Yeah, that, 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 that whole thing. One. No. <laughs> that whole thing was we- really weird. Like everybody thought, like, oh, Adam Gase did enough to show that he was, you know, a perfect candidate to go to Miami after that one season. He didn't do crap, man. Come on. But no, all I was going to say was it everything everything that Scott and Shell said, like that's that is a good problem to have. And hopefully that's that's the case. And it's not like Justin Fields, if he balls out under Getsy, it's not like he's going to turn into a pumpkin or something after he leaves. I mean, that's if a guy has it, he has it. And if a coach unlocks that in him, that's great. I will just say this. I, I totally understand what you guys are saying. And, and I, I do say the, the fact that he's bringing so many Indianapolis coaches with him does say a lot. And I, I, will, I will totally concede that. I think that's an excellent point. But when moving from a 3-4 to a four, three, there's going to be transition. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm upset about it. I I think they've got the personnel that they can do it, but it's going to take some time to make that adjustment. And so maybe we see uh, the offense looking a little bit better this next year and the defense maybe slightly taking a step back before taking a couple steps forward. I don't know how it's all going to work, but uh, I definitely am very interested to see what Luke Etsy is going to do with this offense. I'm going to see if he's going to go through David Montgomery, if he's going to just run play action, if he's going to try to move Justin Fields around. I'm very curious to see what this offense is going to look like. And, you know, I, I think Alan Williams is an incredibly well-respected coach. I think he's been in the league for like 20 plus years or something along those lines. Very respected coach. Just, you know, walking into this, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get my heart hurt again, boys. You know, like I'm not going to put it all out there yet unless, and unless we're sitting drinking a beer at the Super Bowl, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm cautious about all of this. I get it. I get it. Can I, I, I just wanted to jump in like on the four, three, three, four discussion. I know I'm not like a X's and O's guru, but 
I think people are making a little bit too big deal, big of a deal about that because while it is going to be your base defense, you're in that like 60% of the time, things change a lot depending on what the offense is doing. And actually the bears are in a pretty decent spot for finding personnel because a lot of the guys in that three, four system, guys like Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman's probably a good cut candidate, no matter what he's really like, he's probably good as gone at this point because he just doesn't fit that defense. But maybe this is an opportunity to re-sign Bilal Nichols at maybe a cheaper price because he didn't fall out the way that maybe others thought. And he would be good at the three technique. Then you have Roquan Smith moving from that inside backer to the will backer. And what everybody keeps saying is that is your new Lance Briggs. That is a guy who is going to be everywhere around the field. He's fast. He's strong. He's going to take down ball carriers. Does mean you probably need to find some other, you know, actual true linebackers. But when you're talking about your defensive ends, both Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn can play really well with their hand in the dirt. I mean, Khalil Mack was an all pro with the Raiders before they switched to a three, four Robert Quinn. He had 19 sacks with the Rams when he was putting his hand in the dirt too. So I I just don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. They're going to find players. They have the cap space. Maybe it's going to be a little bit of transition, but I'm just not as worried. I I agree with you, Brendan, on that one. The thing that I'm most excited about, about the four, three is having fewer downs that guys like Mac and Quinn drop off into coverage, you know, in that, in that three, four, they're, they're that technically that linebacker position. And so, you know, how many times were we frustrated with Chuck Pagano with the number of times that we'd see Khalil Mack dropping back and covering a, a, you know, a a running back out of the backfield. And instead in this four, three, I feel like we're going to see less of that. And more times that Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn rush the passer, I'm, I'm on board for. So I'm with you, Brendan. I don't, I don't really think that the 4-3 switch is going to be that big of an issue. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. But uh, again, like I said, I don't think it's a bad thing when you've got Quinn and Mack rushing the passer more. I think their biggest challenge is going to be in the secondary. Um, Eberflus and the Colts last year were in nickel over 70% of the time. Who is going to... <laughs> You took it from me, Sheldon. Sorry. Stay, say it because I know you're, we're going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. No, I'm just who's going to who's going to play in the, in the defensive backfield? Like who are the cornerbacks going to be that are going to be a nickel 70 percent of the time? I mean, where you, maybe maybe Graham, who do you feel most confident about after Jalen Johnson uh, as a as a cornerback? Graham already burns you, next. Do you move? <laughs> Do you move Graham into inside to play nickel? Is he a boundary corner? D, um, not going to happen with Duke Shelley. You know, there's just, I think there are a lot of question marks in the secondary and they're really going to need to get that figured out if they're going to be a nickel 70% of the time. That corner position is just, ugh, it's, I, I'm anxious to see what James Rowe can do with it as a guy that didn't play collegiate football, but you know, you heard it on JJ Stankovitz, our last episode. I mean, he, he talked that guy up big time. So We'll see. We'll see what happens, but they need bodies. They got to sign somebody big at corner. They got to draft at corner. Uh, They got to figure something out. All right, boys, let's shift away from the bears for just a little bit. There's a lot of stuff going on. Well, okay. Well, actually I I'm, I'm taking that back just a little bit. Harbaugh isn't here now, Sheldon. I know you're elated about that, but some of the rest of bears fans are not so excited about that. Vikings fans, Man, it's just, it's a rough time to be a, a Viking fan, right? You, you wanted Justin Fields, you got Kellen Mond. You you wanted Ryan Poles and Kwesi? Yeah. 
Janaco, I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> you it's lose your pan. you lose your quarterback. Coach. It's two yeah, ends. Yeah, I just I say it's 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 a rough situation to be a Viking fan. And then Harbaugh's like, nah. Well, I mean, they, they said maybe they didn't give him the offer that he wanted. Maybe he wanted too much money. Um, you know what? I. I'm not like, oh my God, I, I, I think I've said this before. I want a Dable I'm more than I wanted Harbaugh, but I would have been okay with Harbaugh. Boys, any quick thoughts on, and I do mean quick thoughts on the Harbaugh situation. Let's go Brendan, Patrick, Scott, and I will finish it up. Before I get to my thought, I have a question for Scott. So Scott, you are, I mean, you're a big Iowa Iowa fan. You are wearing an Iowa Hawkeyes hat right now. I need everybody to know that. That is incorrect, Brendan. That is incorrect. <laughs> oh, it is man. Iowa State. It is Iowa. Get a good look at it. It is Iowa State. I've been there many times, my friend. It, it's a nice, it's a nice campus. But anyway, so are you in Iowa? Like you live in Iowa, correct? Um, I used to live in Iowa. Now I, I live actually quite close to where Dingle went to college. I live just down the road from DeKalb. Oh, okay, gotcha. Well, never but mind. I, I was... But I grew up in Western Iowa. Okay, so I was going to ask if you were around Vikings fans in Iowa because I know they're they're. There. I was, I was, and so I take great glee in the sufferings of Vikings fans. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. So I'm I'm a big Harbaugh fan. I I did want the Bears to get him. I was excited about the prospects, but as soon as they hired at Eberflus, I moved on. I said, okay, that's it. That's our guy. I'm you know cautiously optimistic, whatever, and. But that didn't mean I didn't, I did not want Harbaugh to come into the division because I do think while, and I know shells, you've talked about it. He can burn out his welcome. He probably could have had the Vikings doing pretty well for like four to five year stretch before he burned out the players. And I'd rather the Vikings not be good during that four to five year stretch. So I am very, very happy that he's going back to Michigan. We don't have to deal with it. They're now potentially hiring Kevin O'Connell and, I'm not really high on him, so go for it, man. Go for it, Vikes. Skull. You know, as soon as I saw the tweet come out where they announced, oh, Jim Harbaugh has decided to go back to Michigan and they're related, um, I said, you know, I tweeted out, I said, oh, so the Vikings didn't want to give him 10 years and 100 million either. And then it comes out that the Vikings may have been the team that decided, no, they didn't want to sign Jim Harbaugh. And I think. I think it says something that you had three teams that basically decided we're not going to give Harbaugh what he wants this year. Uh, the Bears, the Vikings, and another team that spends indiscriminately, uh, the, the Raiders. I mean, if Mark Davis isn't going to back up the truck and throw you 10 years, $100 million, because he's already done it once, you know, th- you have to think why, uh, why isn't he willing to do that? So I, I think um, – this is my kind of my phrase. I think we would have gotten a little bit of short-term juice from the Harbaugh squeeze, but I don't think it would have been worth it in the end. And I really prefer the way the Bears are trying to build this thing systemically um, from the ground up to, to you know, um, effectuate long-term success. I think the reason that Jim Harbaugh chose to go back to Michigan rather than go to Minnesota is that he saw the clip of Kirk Cousins trying to play that Pro Bowl game to thread the needle and miss all of those things. Like, I'm out. I can't do this. Uh, at that cap number, forget it. I'm not interested. But, Did uh, anybody have Mitch flashbacks to his Pro Bowl performance in the skills competition? Yes. I, I think Cousins might have been worse, man. It was so yeah. bad. 
it guys, was ugly. That's, that's a game you play at Dave and Buster's, and I can do better than that. <laughs> I mean, at least he's at least he's on the they're getting him on the cheap this year, so that's at least the yeah, same. right. I, 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 but I agree with you guys. I did not want to see Jim Harbaugh in the division whatsoever. Um, I'm happy for him to be back in uh, in in Michigan, and and like I said, anything that that makes uh, Minnesota fans uh, upset, I'm a happy guy. So uh, um, you know, let's go Big Blue. All right. There are a slew of things, big things going on in the NFL. Uh, rather than go over these each individually, I'm going to put them all out there. You guys let me know if there's something that you want to say about any one of them. Brian Flores, uh, the, the tweets between him and Bill Belichick, pretty, pretty damning stuff. Uh, I'll be curious to see if you guys have any thoughts on that. Tom Brady retired, and it wasn't the biggest news story in the NFL, which is just just crazy to think about. Um, I wonder if, if there will be anybody else that will follow. Uh, if not, I mean, I just Tom Brady. Wow. Uh, and the Washington football team, which I got to say this, I liked the name Washington football team. At first I was like, what? And then after a season, I was like, oh, that's awesome. It kind of stuck with me. There's history behind it and all that. They're now be serious here. Dangle the Washington commanders. Uh, and so that's, 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 a, that's a, that's the team name that they chose after several years. Uh, so let's do this. Let's go Sheldon, Scott, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Any thoughts on any one of those news stories, boys? Yeah. It, real quick on, on the Flores thing. Um, what a tremendously courageous act by Brian Flores. Uh, if any of this is even remotely true, the NFL needs to come down very swiftly on, on these teams, whether it's Steven Ross trying to pay Flores off, um, to lose games, which would make sense in light of the, the mudslinging that uh, campaign that ensued after Brian Flores was fired um, or the giants in, in, you know, uh, going through the motions and just trying to comply with the Rooney rule instead of legitimately giving Flores a shot at the head coaching job. The NFL needs to come down swift on these, on these organizations. My fear is that they won't. I mean, they've already attempted to circle the wagons. The fact that you have, an issue this significant and this severe and within hours they're issuing a statement the claiming that it's all false uh doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence that they're going to do the right thing here and investigate it thoroughly um uh, and and um and deal with 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 uh them appropriately so um but be that as it may uh despite my my concerns that the nfl is not going to handle this appropriately I have to give Flores all the credit in the world for just handling this with such grace and such courage, because, you know, this probably uh, for all intents and purposes ends his, his NFL coaching career and to be willing to take that stand on principle for something you believe in to, to help pave the way for other people who will be in that situation uh, in the future is um, is incredibly valiant. And it wasn't lost on me that it happened uh, on February 1st, um, you know, the start of black history month. So kudos to Brian Flores. Uh, I hope he is able to find, um, employment if that's what he chooses to do down the road. You know, I know, uh, David Hall mentioned something I, I thought was a tremendous idea about him possibly going to college because the college landscape needs leaders like that. And, uh, you know, he, he may find his niche at the college level, but whatever it is he wants to do, I hope he's able to do it. Uh, because whether it's the NFL or college, um, football needs more people like Brian Flores. That's really well said, Shells. Uh, I don't know that I can add much more about the Brian Flores and his particular situation. As far as it relates to the league, I think, sadly, 
it just confirms what we all kind of already knew that the Rooney rule is something that people just check off the list. Okay. We did that. And now we'll go and hire the person that we really, really wanted. And, um, it, it just, it, it makes me sad. Um, it's, I, I wish I could say I was surprised that somebody like Bill Belichick is involved in it. Um, I think it's a really interesting develop that he's got the role to play in this as a guy who seemingly knew that Dable was going to get the job. Um, way early before Flores even had interviewed. And so I'll be interested to see how that goes. You know, when you talk about coming down on people's shells, uh, you know, is the NFL going to come down on Bill Belichick? Cause that would be something that would be um, really, really interesting to me, but it, it just, it makes me sad that, that here we are, it's 2022 and we still have to deal with this. We still have to talk about this as a systemic issue in the NFL. And so uh, I, I agree. If, if Brian Flores has to be the one to fall on the sword, uh, then I got nothing but respect for him. And I really hope that he lands on his feet and wherever he goes, if it's college or another pro team or whatever, that team that hires him is going to gain a fan in me because um, that's a guy I want to, I'm going to cheer for and I want to see succeed. Flores is just what, like 37 years old. His coaching career is just starting and it's, it's, in, it's incredible that I almost said insane, but no, it's incredible that he has taken this stand He's not somebody who's at the end of, you know, his journey as a coach. He's just beginning. And I think the Saints and Texans, who are the last two teams who are still looking for a coach at this point, can make a huge statement by hiring him. And supposedly he's just, he's a finalist for both of them. But, you know, it's it's going to change the hiring practices for not only the NFL, but for all sports, I think. This is going to be the beginning of just an in. And in, I, I can't even think of the word, but just an overarching change in how minority candidates are approached and vetted and, you know, really considered for these coaching candidacies. I was talking with uh, one of my friends, actually a really good um, supporter of the podcast, Tyler, uh, last night at a party. And we were talking a little bit about this and he's he's a casual NFL fan. He had no idea about the Rooney rule until this. He had like and we as, you know, diehard fans. We obviously have heard of it for a long time, but now this is getting out to not only just like diehard fans, but to the general public. So I think that's huge. And I'll just quickly touch on the Washington commander's name thing, moving to a little lighter subject here. You had, you guys had two years I'm in marketing and you completely bungled that whole brand launch. I mean, not only a helicopter figured it out about what, like the (laughs) night before, by just looking in, you couldn't, you know, drop your shades down. There was no lines on the uniforms that were unveiled. They tried to like, you know, host street parties and everything that nobody went to. Like what a colossal, colossal failure. And the, it, people aren't going to mind the name in a couple of years, just like they didn't mind Washington football team. But I just laugh at that. You know, this, this was in the making since mid 2020. This is the best you got really. And I'll, my last thing I'll say about it. I really hope one of our teams just doesn't go through a name change. I don't want to deal with that. I want to watch other fan bases lose their minds over it. I, you know, I'm not going to get political, but I just, I can't believe they held on to the Redskins name as long as they did. Uh, And you had an opportunity when, you know, people were mixed and how they felt about, about, about that. Um, But the fact that you had a team that, that many people deemed to be really inappropriate, really racially insensitive and you had an opportunity to go with something like the Red Tails to honor the Tuskegee Airmen 
I like and really flip that script, you know, like to talk about a group of people that that not a lot of people know about. Right. And just like, oh, what's the red tails? And like, oh, my gosh, like this, look what they did in World War Two. And like, it's just incredible. You had a golden opportunity and, and it just you chose commanders. It is what it is. All right. This would be time for Jack's question. But we said, hey, Scott's coming on. And we want to throw out to Scott. So Scott, we have no idea what this question is going to be. I don't know if it's bears related. I don't know if it's not bears related. I don't know what it's going to be. And we are completely handing it over to Scott here. So Scott, what's your question for us tonight? Well, I debated back and forth of if I wanted to have a bear centric question or something more general, and I landed on a bear centric question. And, um, this, this might cause some of us a lot of sadness and frustration, but I, you know, I think it'll be a good experience to purge this out. We'll, you know, we'll all have a cathartic moment here tonight and we'll go away better people for it. So here's my, here's my question. Who is the Bears draft pick that when they drafted this person, you were sure they were going to be great and they completely busted out? Who is the biggest, for you personally, the biggest Bears bust that you've had i can see you all thinking so i'm going to go ahead and tell you mine and it's cedric benson and i know benson went on and had a decent career with other people and i love thomas jones but when that dude came out of college and the bears were able to get him i thought all right thomas jones was great and this will just be the nice little transition and we'll keep this excellence at running back and he kind of turned into a bit of a head case and and you know obviously there's reasons for that and he, you know, he never was able to put it together. And I know the locker room wasn't, you know, wasn't on board with him. But man, I thought that that guy was just gonna be the dude. And um, he, you know, he, obviously he wasn't. And then there was the game and whatever the year was when he was in Cincinnati, and he just went off against the Bears and had the revenge game. And it, it, I mean, it just killed me in my soul because this was the guy that I was banking on. And um, unfortunately. The Bears have had a huge number of these guys. Ryan Poles hopefully will will change this history moving forward. So again, I ask for you guys, who is the one Bears draft pick that you thought was going to be great and ended up being a huge disappointment for the Bears? So to answer that question, let's go Brendan, Sheldon, and Dingle. Oh, okay. I It's not a sexy pick, but mine is in 2008 and Chris Williams. Because the Bears had a very good team in the mid-2000s. They were coming off of the the bad 2007 year. They were needing desperately an offensive tackle. And if you guys remember the 2008 NFL draft when it came to tackles, you've got Jake Long, Brandon Albert, Russell Okung, Ryan O'Clear, I think. Um, there, there was so many guys. Like Basically, I think like a number, maybe like six or seven offensive tackles went in the first round and pretty much all of them had good careers except Chris Williams. And you saw this stout guy from Vanderbilt who started all those games and you're like, yeah, this is going to be our anchor for the offensive line. We're going to get back to that ground and pound football. And then you hear, start hearing you, he has back issues and it just completely derails from there. And I was even, I think a few years later when he was still on the team and they moved him to guard, I was like, yeah, just, push him out to tackle. Cause there were, there was the Jamarcus Webb era 
And he just, Jamarcus Webb just couldn't do anything. I'm like, hey, let's try Chris Williams again. Maybe he's learned something. Maybe he can do it. And he, he at best, was a backup offensive lineman. So that was, I think, it's not the sexiest pick, but I was just sure that that guy was going to be incredible. This is this is a really great question. And I was going back, throwing out a couple of names. Jeremy Langford came to mind, but I wasn't really, I didn't have high expectations for him after the draft. It was really more after his first season. I thought he was going to be really good. So I don't know that that fits the parameters of your question, Scott. So I think I'm going to go recently with Anthony Miller. I was super excited uh, about Anthony Miller when he was drafted. And then I read, was it the Players' Tribune article that he uh, that came out about you know just his his personality and uh, how hard he worked in in college and how pers- uh, how much he persevered and I like I thought he was going to be an absolute dog and I don't know what happened when he got to Chicago but he went from that to being the last guy in the meetings and and the one most likely to to show up late uh, to to meetings and to practice and you know I never saw the route running in the NFL that that. I saw in college and that he was so lauded for coming out of college. I just, I thought he was going to be a, a tremendous wide receiver. I thought he was going to be really dynamic and, and be exactly what the bears needed. Um, and he never got it going. And, and he, I know he's had a few shots after that uh, with some other teams and hasn't really caught on. So um, I would probably say Anthony Miller personally, just cause I had really high hopes and expectations for him. Shells, that's such a good pick. I should have picked him because that's that's 100% right. Go, I recently did this. Go watch his college tape. He yeah. was incredible. Yep. He had a game. It was, I think we were talking about Iowa State earlier. I think it was the 2017 Liberty Bowl. Iowa State played Memphis. And I hated Anthony Miller with every fiber of my being in that game because he just kept torching every defensive back that the Cyclones threw out there. And then when the Bears drafted him, I had this, I lived in this tension for a while that this guy that I couldn't stand was now on my favorite team. But that's a great call. I was, once I got past my college fandom and kind of locked into my pro fandom, I was super excited about him. That's a great pick. Very, very good pick. I'll tell you who it wasn't. Shay McClellan. Do you guys remember that going? You thought Shay McClellan was going to be good? Did you not listen to what I just said? Are oh, you? God. I said, no, no one okay. heard that name and was like, oh my God, this guy's going to be great. We're all like, why, why would you, why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you make that pick? Um, I think I'm going to go uh, honorable mention 2007 Garrett Wolf. Uh, if any of you knew anything about NIU football, that guy was incredible. I thought he was the next Darren Sproles. I thought he was going to be, I mean, he can catch it. He could run it. Uh, the fact that he was like a five, seven running back, like, but still like when, when NIU played at Michigan, the dude just took over the game. It was incredible. I'm going to get, I'm going to get mocked for this one and it's okay. Rex Grossman. I've always wanted a quarterback. I've always wanted the bears to have a quarterback. And in 2006, when he was the NFC player of the month, the offensive player of the month, I was like, what, 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 what do I do with my hands? Like we have a real quarterback in Chicago. And it's funny that I say hands because he had small ones and fumbled often. So uh, yeah, that was, it definitely would have been Rex Grossman. All right, boys, this has been an absolute blast. Scott, we are so thankful that you got to come on the show. Uh, it's time to get shout outs. So obviously we're going to go to Scott first. 
We'll hit Sheldon, Shagru, and I will finish it up. Shoutouts, boys. I want to shout a couple people out. The first person I'm going to shout out is my wife, Betsy. Um, she is my rock. She's the best thing. Uh, the best decision I've ever made was to ask her to marry me. Um, we've been married It will in this December. It will be or last December. Excuse me. It was 21 years. Um, we have two wonderful boys and um, she's, yeah, she's just the best. So shout out to Betsy. I'm sure she will not listen to this podcast. She could care less about the bears, but in case she does, uh, this will help me very, very much. So I'm, I'm covering that base right there. Um, I want to shout out, um, I, you guys know that I'm a high school uh, teacher. One of the things that I do is I help coach our speech team. And our speech team went to regionals this past week. And um, everybody that I coach is moving on to sectionals. So I'm super excited. For yeah. So next Saturday, um, we'll, we'll, we'll be at sectionals. One of the people that I coach happens to be my own kid who's a junior in high school. So shout out to him and to our team. Super, super exciting. Um, and then I, 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 this is going to sound cheesy, but I'm going to shout you guys out. Um, I, I, it was last summer. Um, I discovered this podcast. I was looking for a Bears podcast. I couldn't find one. Um, I tried a couple, and uh, I found this one the first time. I was actually mowing the lawn when I found this. I listened to this podcast the first time, and I stopped mowing the lawn because I couldn't hear it well enough. Um, I loved it from the first time. I've said for forever that uh, the thing I love about this podcast is the vibe because it's just a bunch of fans sitting and talking, and um, who doesn't love that? Who doesn't love just sitting around talking sports with their buds? And that was the vibe. You guys are so generous and you are so open uh, on, on Twitter and things like that. Um, and you guys just, uh, uh, I hope you guys have a tremendous amount of success because you deserve every bit that you get. And I cannot thank you for having me on. Uh, it's been so exciting. I've loved it every minute. And um, when, when this podcast comes out, it's one of the high points of my week. So Shout out to you guys um, and Jack as well, who's not here. Man, thank you, Scott. That, I boy, that that touched me. Uh, I don't, I don't want to get uh, Ryan Poles right now, but that was uh, <laughs> that was. I really thank you from the bottom of my heart. That was very nice, and we really, really appreciate that because that's that's what we try to do, right? We're just some you know couple of fans that love talking Bears football, and and we hope it resonates with our listeners and and they appreciate you know how how sincere we are and and how much work we put on the podcast. So thank you. I really appreciate that. I'd like to shout out uh, Adam Rank and the Sick Podcast for having me on uh, this past week. Um, it was such a tremendous experience. I had an absolute blast. Adam, you were a, a tremendous host and a gracious one. Uh, so thank you again for having me on. Uh, we look forward to getting you on the pod here too and, and having just as much fun. And then I want to shout out a, a couple of followers. Um Earl Lovings, who goes, uh, he's at Eddie Phoenix. Uh, he has been uh, one of my followers for a long time and a really great supporter. Um, and so thank you, Earl, for all your support and, and interactions. And then uh, somebody, another one of my followers who has just had a lot of spot on tweets lately, um, Ross Reed. Uh, he has the same kind of um, thoughts I have with respect to keeping an open mind on the Bears and not getting too worked up about all the minutiae and, and whether um, whether Matt Eberflus buttoned his sport coat or didn't button his sport coat or whatever. Uh, so, I Ross, I appreciate the level-headedness, if that's a word, that uh, you bring to Twitter. Keep it up, and thank you uh, for following me. All right, first off, I mean, I got to give Scott a shout-out for being here, and not only just being here, but speaking so well about the Bears. I mean, it's clear that you coach speech because you 
clearly could just hop on at any point and replace any of us. So, I mean, shout out to you, man. Like it was, it's great to actually like meet you. I mean, having the, the Twitter interactions is awesome, but uh, just, yeah, hats off to you, man. And like I said, take off that hat because um, I am a hawk. <laughs> never, <fan>. never, never. <laughs> Um, all right. So my first shout out, uh, speaking to people on the pod, uh, it goes to you shells. I know we talked about it with the Adam rank podcast, but once again, just phenomenal job, uh, getting to do that with one, basically, like you said, Chicago bears fan loyalty and real quickly, a shout out to Ryan dangle for all he does for the podcast. I mean, it's, we we've grown a lot boys. We've grown a lot in the past you know, at least since I've been on and it's just been incredible for all the work you do. So I just want to shout you out, man. I know you're running on very little sleep and it's definitely a process, but, uh, you know, looking forward to, uh, you know, where this podcast goes from here. A couple more shout outs, uh, got to give one to Rob Schwartz jr. I know we shouted him out a few times on this podcast. He, uh, runs, uh, bear goggles on also part of the fan sided network. I have a quick question, actually. Are you like the Windy City and Bears goggles on? Are you guys sort of like, you know, rivals or like, you know, obviously you're on the same team, but you're doing things like. Yeah, it's like the the socias and the greasers. We don't really get along. No, <laughs> <laughs> we we, uh, we all like to support each other. We're a little bit different because the, the Windy City does more than just Bears content. We do um, all Chicago sports. So. Uh, we compete for bears coverage, but we're, uh, we're all under the same fan side umbrella. So we like to see each other succeed. Awesome. Well, I, I was always curious, but anyway, shout out to Rob. He does a great job and, uh, he potentially could be a podcast guest this summer. So, um, you know, Rob's a great dude. You can follow him at shy Ruxin BGO. Um, and you know, a couple birthdays happened this weekend. I want to get out real quickly. Uh, shout out to the windy city productions, uh, this guy is just an incredible Twitter follower. He puts out the dopest videos, their hype videos, just the content he does for all Chicago sports is next to none. So shout out to him. He celebrated a birthday this week. Same with our guy, Sandy Tom from across the pond. You can follow him at suboptimal life. So shout out to you, Sandy. Happy birthday. And then finally the final birthday I got to give to my uncle, uncle, Michael, Mick Chagru. He follows me on Twitter I would, I unfortunately couldn't make his, uh, his 60th birthday party this weekend. Cause he's out in Ohio, but shout out to you. I know you're obviously following the stuff I do. And, uh, you know, I was sad. I couldn't, I, I had to miss you, but, uh, hope you guys had a great birthday out there celebrating without me. Uh, first I got to address Scott, what you said, uh, th- this podcast is a lot of work. Um, but it's work that we absolutely love doing and, to, to hear you say that you've been enjoying it as much as you have. And just all the interactions we had beforehand, I'm finding it. I, I am almost having a polls moment. Um, it, it was really cool, dude. It's um, especially, you know, there, there are times where it's like, Hey, we love doing this, but, it, but it also does become a little bit like a job because, you know, there's, there's a lot to put together. And so, um, you know, we have an, uh, an amazing group of listeners and Scott, you are at very much at the top of that list. So that means more than, you know, thank you very, very much. One more time, the Montreal girl, the mullet King and Andrew Davies for also submitting stories. We loved listening to them. They were so freaking good. It was, it was awesome. And Scott deserving to win. Uh, but those were some wonderful, wonderful stories. And so shout out to them. Uh, my last and, and, and big shout out has to go to Mike page, the founder of the bear down report. Uh, he, 
I just, you know, none of this would have happened if I didn't get a text message. Hey, dude, I'm thinking about, you know, starting something. Would you write something? And I was like, sure, I'll write something. Now I don't even write anything. Um, I just, just podcast. Uh, but, uh, you know, Brendan, I think we talked about that a long time ago. Prefer the writing or the podcasting. I prefer the podcasting. I'm sure you're really shocked by that. Um, and it's uh, it's just uh, it's all thanks to Mike Page. Uh, so Mike, just much love for you, my friend, and uh, I hope that all is well, folks. Thank you so much for listening. We know that you can get your Bears content just about anywhere. There's a million podcasts out there, and a lot of them are really, really good. But you've chosen to listen to them with us, and we cannot tell you how much that means to us. If you've liked what you've heard, please hit subscribe. If you really like what you hear, you can hit us with a five-star review because that really helps to widen our audience. But you've loved it. You can go to BearDownReport.com, click on the podcast section, any one of the episodes, you'll find a donate button. If you donate to us, you're buying us a round of beers. If you do, let us know because we want to shout you out on this podcast. For Jack Wright, who isn't here, Brennan Chagru, Patrick Sheldon, Scott Swartz. It's got a good sound to it. I am Ryan Dangle, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, bear down.